Hey guys, before we start this episode, I wanted to talk to you about Type 1 Lifting. So Type 1 Lifting is a clothing line that proceeds of the shirts and tanks and everything else goes to the Children's Diabetes Foundation. So um, this all came about with me and seeing a five-year-old girl in the emergency department uh, that had a new onset of diabetes. So uh, just take a look at the website. It's www type1lifting.com so just check it out if you don't buy anything that's perfectly fine uh, I would just like for you just to take a look and just see what we have so like I said before www.type1lifting.com and guys I hope you enjoy the show guys welcome to another episode of the type 1 lifting podcast i have a crossfit athlete owner of crossfit 061 and owner of the zeus method nick urankar how you doing fantastic how about yourself oh no complaints thank you for like i said before taking the time to do this podcast uh before we talk about crossfit i want to talk about you know being a dad so when did your kids actually start getting involved with you that like they want to start to work to work out with you uh, I wouldn't say they're actually even involved in that yet, honestly. Um, they both grew up in the gym, so I think that it's it's just been a part of their life. I don't think they look at it as anything other than it's what everybody does. Everybody goes to the gym all the time. Everybody yeah. has equipment all over their house. Um, I think as far as the working out part, when they want to, I do it. And when they don't, I don't push them. Um, we talk about it a lot, but it's kind of up to them. Yeah. So, do they know that your their dad is like a professional athlete and all that, or they just think of you as just like a regular dad? I mean, definitely regular dad. Minus uh, their friends' parents and their friends. Um, I guess I guess that I'm known by a lot of them. So they're you know their friends will talk about me. I'm the Hulk or the Thor <laughs> or you know your dad's that one guy, right? My youngest actually just recently started telling me uh, that I'm famous. Uh, I don't know where or why, because I'm definitely not. But she's she, so that's been actually funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think they, I think they're quietly proud. Okay, very cool. And you have you have just two daughters, correct? Correct. Yeah, yeah. seven, and the other one just had a birthday two days ago. Oh, she turned eleven. Oh, nice, crazy, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have a I have a five year old boy and a two year old girl, and like my son's just getting into working out with me, kind of. Okay. So like I have like a, a lacro- like a defensive lacrosse stick, and I use have him use that for like doing his clean and jerks and like yeah. like back squatting and stuff like that. Because obviously I don't want him to put any weight because I don't want him to you know I mean his mobility's okay, but it's not the greatest. But like you yeah. said, I don't want him to I don't pressure him in anything. If he wants to be done, he's done. If he wants to come in, you know, come in. Yeah, they go through phases. We had we like last year, uh, our daughter wanted a barbell, so we bought her a new barbell, and she used it like twice. But she worked out a ton before, so there's just you know they go through two or three months where they love it, and then they're kids and they want to go play. Yeah. Um. So it'll be interesting when they hit those teen years what it looks like. Yeah. So um, you have quite the experience in the, like the CrossFit space. So when when did all this come about? I started CrossFit in 2009. Okay. Was this um, at, was this after football at Indiana State University? Yes, okay. 
Yep. So I, yes, I played football in college. When I finished, I little backs are actually lots of injuries. I actually broke my back uh, in high school. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it. As odd as it is, I fractured my L five uh, spondylolisthesis, and then I broke it again. I was back squatting, um, and somebody took out the catchers. It was my junior year, end of my junior year, and uh, the weight just crushed me. There was no, we went to failure. It was like four something, and uh, broke my back, and it was that was really bad. So when I actually finished football, I told myself I was never lifting again. I had so much back pain. Yeah, and I started running long distance. My goal was actually to run the Western States 100. Mm-hmm. If you know what that is, you're either a runner or somebody you know knows what it is. But uh, that was my goal till I ran a half marathon. And after I ran that, I said, I'm never running anything farther than this. <laughs> <laughs> so I went through a phase of running a lot of half marathons. Yeah. And then uh, a buddy of mine was like, dude, this is not your sport. You need to check out this thing called CrossFit. Okay, very cool. So, yeah, so when when you were running, did that hurt your back as well for like the... Um, yeah, I'd go through spurts. You know, I'd go out and I'd run and it'd bother me and I'd have to stop. And then there'd be other days where I could go for an hour and a half. Um, so it was very hit or miss, um, really. And uh, that was kind of my biggest struggle was I just thought my life was going to be that. Mm-hmm. You know, from my early to mid-20s on, was I just got to deal with this back injury like, issue. Yeah. And then, so, and then CrossFit came in. So what, what made you kind of stick with it? Or like, what was it like a workout that you did that was like, man, okay, I know, I know this is for me. Oh, I mean, if you started CrossFit, I think any time thing, any time before 2011, I would say mm-hmm. your first workout was Fran. Yeah. Like that, that just <laughs> everybody. So of course I, you know, I didn't want to do it when I, saw the video it was actually i saw the 2008 crossfit games every second counts that's the video i saw that made me think this is real Mm -hmm. so i went to the basement i did fran and i thought i was gonna i looked it all up two and a half minutes was like a really good time um and i was like well i'm gonna be the best in the world i'm gonna go and that's (laughs) i can do that it's only 21 59 you know in my head I went down the basement and, and it crushed me. And I remember I crawled up the stairs. I couldn't breathe. I didn't know what this <laughs> thing was happening. Yep. And I told my wife, I said, this is legit. I'm, I'm all in. Nice. Nice. Right then, right then. Very cool. And then, um, so you've been at the CrossFit, like regionals and CrossFit games, uh, I believe five times of the games and regionals like eight times or was that? And, yeah. I went to every single regional. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the post sanctional so i did sanctionals in 2010 okay which there was a regional and it was it was odd how they did it back then but i didn't qualify past basically sanctionals was like the open in 2010 yeah and i got i was not very good um didn't even move past the first round and then yeah 2011 was the first like open so in the open era i went to every single regional okay very 2011 cool. through 2018 yeah so so what was that environment like with regionals i've only been to like one regionals i, I was at the southeast regional when uh Chandler Smith and Ben Smith did that deadlift workout and they were kind of like trace chasing after each other. So what was, what's the environment like being at regionals? Oh man, I think, well, I was in the, if you're familiar with regionals at all from probably 2012 to 2000, well, 2018, yeah. central East regional and the central regional. That's where I was. That was one. It was always froning. It was all, it was just so many. It was, it was the regional that everybody went to, and they're like, "That's like the games." It was packed all the time. It was just, it, it was electric. It was one of those. I would say that that was regionals was like 
if you thought of what CrossFit was as a like grassroots competition, it was regionals. Yeah. Like regionals was, yeah, that was like the most, that was scarier and harder <laughs> mentally than the games. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they, I, I remember, I remember someone saying that, you know, whoever won that region usually would win the CrossFit games. And it was always like, yep. you know, you're in the mix and Rich Froning, Scott Panchik and like all these other Grant studs. Holmberg. Yeah. There's so many people. Yeah. That regional had some of the best guys that never made the games. Yeah. Which is there's, crazy. There's a guy, yeah, there's a guy named Nick Forey. Uh, he's, he's probably the, he is, he is the best athlete that has never made the games. And, and no one knows who he is unless you were in our regional. And if you were in our regional, I mean, he missed the games like four times by like a point. Oh. And he would have he would have destroyed the games. He was a games athlete. He wasn't a regionals athlete. Yeah. So he would have been top five at the games. Crazy. Um, but he never got that opportunity. Yeah. And he just looked like nobody. He was like a Ben Smith back in the day where you're like, who is this kid? <laughs> yeah. Just comes out, of the, comes out and just crushes everybody. Yeah. Have you ever thought, like, my thing is like, if they're not making it to regionals, would they think about like moving or something like that to at least another region that might be benef- more beneficial for them to even get to the games? That happened all the time. Yeah. The hard part was if you lived in the middle of a region. Yeah. So, like Nick, who's the guy I'm talking about, he was he was he owned a gym. He was in a, he was in an area where like he was in he was basically like in the middle state. Yep. Um, I do know somebody uh, that lived in Memphis, Tennessee, and was in our region and got like twenty something or thirtieth, and the very next year went to Mississippi. Yep. And made the game. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> made the game the next year because I remember when I didn't see his name in the Central East, I messaged him and I was like, "Hey, where are you at?" And he's like, "Mississippi." And I was like, "Don't you own a gym in Tennessee?" And he's like, well, I just registered unaffiliated. And, <laughs> and I was like, but there was a, there, I think a lot of times people would ask that question of, you know, why don't athletes do this? Mm-hmm. It was done. Yeah. It was done all the time. People were moving and train, but there, you got to, you know, 95% of people can't just up and move purely to try to qualify for the game. So, you know, people would ask me that all the time. That was a question I got for a decade. Yeah. And, I would always tell them, like, if I can't qualify out of my region, then I probably don't deserve to be there anyway. Mm-hmm. No, I hear like, you. Yeah. It doesn't matter who's there. Like, if I'm losing to three or five guys, then I'm not beating them at the games. So um, it was just changing that mindset of, like, I just I need to I just need to beat everybody. But you know, I, I, I don't know. There's just a lot of ways you had to just mentally. It was just about your performance. You couldn't be focused on all these other guys. That was what destroyed people yeah it's focusing on what you know trying to beat them when it was like you, know, you got to take your chances when you get them mm-hmm. yeah so did you ever get like a fanboy like with like scott or like rich at all being like holy sh- holy shit i'm actually like working out next to these guys at all or are you just like the whole time you're just focused well so you gotta remember i started before them oh yeah that's right yeah so i actually um like rich rich 2010 was when i did sectionals and he, he did sectionals and he won his sectional mm-hmm. that year and that was the first he was like who is this guy and he did really well and I met him because he was in our region so I met him early on knew him from the beginning 
same thing with like Dan Bailey. Dan Bailey was in our region, and yep. me and Dan used to do these again faster competitions in 2010 before anybody knew who anybody was. Mm-hmm. And it was just like me and him competing. So I would go to Columbus and train with him and Miko Salo. Um, if anybody doesn't know who that he is, you need to know who he is um, for your CrossFit history. <laughs> um, but I would go and train with these guys. And actually, in 2011, 2011 was kind of when I got to know everybody. Yeah. Um, and then 2012 actually was the year Scott came in. Mm-hmm. Um, and he used to wear this red bandana. And he actually, that year in 2012, he got fifth and I got sixth. We took five. He beat me by, he basically beat me to go to the games and then ended up getting like fourth. And that was when he started. So he took me out of going to the games by coming in. I don't like him for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so no, no, 2012, like that was when I met Scott. No one knew who he was, and he, me and him were battling the whole weekend at regionals. Yeah. And yeah, I got, I got sixth, and he got fifth, and he got to go to the games, and I got to stay home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, doesn't that, like, doesn't that motivate you to actually get better? And because, like, that, that incident has, happens at all, at all, or? Oh, man, that's a tough. It, it, it has, you know, a year is a long time. Yeah. So it has, there's a lot of things. Like in 2010, when I didn't make it to sectionals, there was a lot of the guys that were that were full of themselves, is what I would say. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I wasn't very good. It was obvious I wasn't very good. And I remember I left, and I told my wife's dad as we got in the car, I said, I'm going to go back next year and beat them all. And I went back, and I beat – I got – I didn't beat them all. I mean, Dan Bailey ended up beating me and uh, another guy, Joe Weigel, and then I got third. But all the guys that I was like – that were acting all whatever, I beat them. And it was 2012, I remember I finished the final workout and I was lying on the ground looking up at the lights and just thinking like, that's it. Like these are the same lights I was looking at last year when I qualified. Yeah. And then, and then Scott Panchik came over, put his hand out and was like, get up, man, go walk around and breathe. And I remember I thought, we just finished. You just beat me. You're excited. Don't come over here. So I remember I was like, I don't like this guy now. I want to beat this guy. Uh, and, you know, you get that fire for a month, and then you've got four months of, like, winter, and it's mm-hmm. like, uh, So there's a lot of things that can happen over the year. It's keeping that discipline. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in certain years, I was better at it than others. Uh, but, yeah, there were certain things that fired me up more than others. Um, things that probably people would be like, that. that's what did it that's what flipped your switch and i'm like yeah and then other times they'd be like oh that's gotta get you going and i'm like no like that that didn't do it so yeah. there are certain things that really that really got me but yeah no it was cool kind of getting to compete with so many people as as everybody i mean i got to watch everybody grow or fall you know mm-hmm. that did so it's it's an interesting. There's a lot of storylines. Yeah, I I I can imagine. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you've been to the CrossFit Games three times as an individual, and then two times. Well, actually, one time as a master. Then then yeah, you, yeah, you wouldn't count. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you qualified, but there was no games. Yeah. So, so you could say by default. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so you were at Carson and Madison. So yep. what? You know, which obviously Carson was like memorable and stuff like that. And Madison was pretty good too. Which one did you like the most? And which one did you think that you didn't like the most? Like could make it better? I would say that the setup in Carson was better. 
or not, no, the setup in Madison is better, especially with like, I think 2018 was when they really used the facility when we did crit, mm-hmm. you know, we did the bike races, we did the obstacle, course. like there was just, there was just more, the ability to do more. Um, Carson, I think was more the nostalgia of yeah. the tennis stadium. And I, and I think the tennis stadium was fantastic at night and you just felt so close. So I know a lot of people talk about that, but the heat was just, it was just rough. Mm-hmm. The, uh, I think that at, uh, in Carson, it was the heat that was really, really, really tough. Yeah. Um, whereas in Madison, that wasn't an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're used to that weather so, too, so. Yeah, no, the, yeah, the weather, the weather in Madison was not a big deal, um, at all. But Carson, that that sun, that sun is just, it just bakes you. Yeah. Um. So most of the most of the stuff that I'll that like my stories of the games the worst workouts were the ones where it was just like so hot mm-hmm. so hot <laughs> and you and you can't you can't tell somebody like how hot like when you're inside like a stadium that's just like boiling like you're never going to really understand what i mean when i say like i there was a moment during murph where i curled up in saw my own shadow and tried to hide in my own shadow and i actually thought i was and like you you laugh but like yeah imagine being that out of it where you're literally crouching down into a ball hiding in your own shadow mm-hmm. can you even do like i, I legitimately probably did it 30 or 40 times but i thought it was helping cool me off yeah i was hiding in my own shadow yeah and I, I remember Annie Thor's daughter, they did, I saw the video of her, like, doing it, and she was just, like, an absolute wreck. Like, she couldn't even... Carl Webb, same Oh, jeez. That, yeah, that was... Like, when she fell to the ground, like, uh, that was scary. So, just seeing her, like, over-exhausted, literally bringing her out with a gurney, just, like, because she can't even walk straight, or she can't... She doesn't know what's going on. It's that, that was... That's crazy. It was so hot. It was so hot. It, it wasn't... Everyone's like, oh, Murph, was, it wasn't Murph. It was the length of time we had to be out there doing that stuff, and we didn't have any water. We didn't have anything to cover us. Like it was just, it was bad. Yeah, that was that was a bad that was a bad experience. That was the worst experience in a workout. I remember I was twenty minutes in. I saw the clock and I thought it was a fifty-five minute time cap, and I'm like, I can't make it out here fifty-five minutes. Like I can't, I can't yeah. make it out here. Like, I was thinking about like there is no way, let alone will I finish. Like I can't physically stay out here mm-hmm. like, and that's a bad spot to be in 20 minutes and do an hour-long workout yeah yeah and especially like a lot of people got absolutely wrecked like for like the rest of the whole games did you have that same effect too like you just got absolutely destroyed after that yeah but it wasn't it wasn't murph it was the two mile yeah prone paddleboard so oh. we did a two mile prone paddleboard with just our arms yeah and then doing murph where it's pull-ups and push-ups your, our shoulders were already destroyed so it was going from that two I mean think about it it was two miles paddling with your own arms like yeah uh, uh, go on a paddleboard for 200 meters and tell me how your arms feel now go two miles yeah so I, rem- I remember I woke up and I was having breakfast after we did the paddleboard and I sat down and Katrin was sat with me and my wife and she looked at me and she was like I was like, yes. She goes, thank God it's not just me. My shoulders, I can't feel them. <laughs> so we we all were like, you know, once you did that that paddleboard and then Murph is what did it. Yeah. Then we just, nobody could recover. Yeah. 
That's crazy. Yeah. You just couldn't recover from it. The shoulders, like arm, we couldn't put our arms over our head. You know, the next event was the snatch ladder, and mm-hmm. then it was d- heavy DT. I remember I could barely lock out overhead with the bar. Yeah, that was that was a crazy. That was the worst games. Yeah. That was the worst games ever. Yeah. Like, like every yeah, that was the worst games ever. <laughs> you ask anybody, you ask anybody, and it was by far. Yeah. I, I guess I can't speak for this year. Um, this year was probably pretty rough too. Mm-hmm. Physically more so than like other things but yeah yeah especially that trail run where they told them like oh you got to turn around and go back and you're like what i would have sat down i would have been like there's only four other people the <laughs> worst <laughs> i can do is get fifth <laughs> <laughs> so so um you 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 went to in two, in 2019 you went into the masters division and you actually got first place in the 35 to 39 so what was what was your thought of like switching from the you know you know the get to going to masters like what what were you thinking was it like pretty much like you didn't have the time to train so you just you know try to do the best you can or what was what was going on that you switched to masters well my wife was basically like if you had the option to go masters go masters because you know the i was knew i was a favorite going in i knew yeah. that it was kind of mine to lose which basically meant if i didn't win it was it was it was a failure yeah like a big failure in, mm-hmm. in my opinion so um i actually wanted to go team at first so i did some teams at Wadapalooza, and as i was doing those i was with some people and i was like man you got to deal with a lot of personality oh yeah you gotta deal with a lot of stuff yep and you know at the games every year i mean like in 2018 i got 20th which was, I think you, I think I got like $10,000 plus mm-hmm. I won an event and got some other stuff. I, I don't know exactly, but I remember when they announced the prizes and it was like a hundred thousand dollars for a team and $25,000 for the masters to win. Well, in order to win team, you got to beat a lot of good teams. Yeah. It's 25, but you get 25 grand for winning. So when they came out with the prizes, my wife was like, you're not going team. It's the same exact amount of money for you to do it on your own. If you did individual, it would purely be selfish, and it takes up a lot of your time. Yep. So I think that it'd be a lot less stress if you went in Masters. So I did. So I went Masters purely because it was, like, just probably the best decision for the family mm-hmm. um, and for my own sanity. Yeah. Um, but, but then after 19, I basically decided, like, I think I'm going to go and try to qualify again. So I did the Open. I didn't really care. But then I was like, I'm going to qualify through some sanctionals, and I want to deny. I just want to show like I can still compete with anybody. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll I'll deny it, and I'll go into or I'll go master. <laughs> and then obviously, obviously, all of this happened, and you know, here we are. Uh, so, but yeah, the games itself as a master was much different. Yeah, it was much different. It was more like it was more like the Open, mm-hmm. in my opinion. The workouts, anybody could win. You just had to like sell out. Um, so it was kind of like who who had it mentally. Um, physically, it was fine on the body. It felt like a regular training weekend. Uh, the, my biggest thing, and I, I'd been, I'd said some things about it before where people I think took it the wrong way. Where I was like, it was really in, it's interesting to me how many people complain about like the masters getting the shaft or not getting you know publicity or you know you name it. Yeah. I walked out on an event outside and there was no one in the stand Mm -hmm. getting ready to start. And I looked up on the screen and the individuals were going inside the Coliseum. And I thought, 
the majority of people inside that Coliseum watching are over 35. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're choosing where to put their eyes. And what, what, it, what I kind of realized was most people get really upset about the master stuff because they believe they have a shot and they want, they want to, they want people to watch them. Like, you know, I, I, I might make it to the games and I want to be, I want to be compensated and I want to have a, I want to be inside the Coliseum and I yeah. want to do all these things. And it, but then as soon as they don't, they go right back to the, you know, the shiny object, which is the individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get it. So I was like, it ended up being where I realized masters for me was just competing for myself. Yeah. Um, it was just being, having that outlet. Um, so I think in order for there to be a change for masters athletes, there has to be eyes on the athletes. Mm -hmm. I I agree. So do you think they should do it like a, like a week and a half deal? Like, you know, masters and teens do like the first part and then all of a sudden like the individual guys like go like the last part or what's your thoughts? Would you, would you go, would you go to the masters? I mean, maybe go to the individual. Yeah. So, but. Because that's the question. The question isn't how should they do it to get people to go. It's why aren't people going? Yeah. So you're, you know, it's it's you're trying to create a way to get more people to go by changing the time. Which yes, that's an option. But the bigger question is why are when people there they're not going? Because there's downtime where it's just the masters. Yeah. So my question more so is like, okay. You change it. Does CrossFit actually believe people would go? They have the data. So when people are like, oh, they should do this and this, they might say, guys, you're not going to come. Mm-hmm. Like we, yes, you have representation in the open, but ultimately you'd rather go and watch Matt Frazier over, you know, whoever. Joe, else. Joe Schmo like, in their 40s. So. Yeah, yeah, which which it's an awesome test and it's a better, it's a better representation of what CrossFit is. Yeah. Uh, it's just not it's not as appealing Mm -hmm. even for the people who are in it so I don't know what they're going to do I know they're going to make some changes I know they're trying to by opening it up for 10% in the open and to qualify they're trying to I think open up more representation inside for the athletes Yeah. so if you qualify on to the next round there's you know 10,000 people who will push more so I don't know We'll see. They're, they're trying to do some things where I think they're trying to be more inclusive. Yeah. Which I think will help. But Yeah. I, I think it also yeah. could be considered like a popularity effect because they see Katrin and Matt Fraser be like having this like huge following and they're like, hey, you know, I want eyes on me too. I want a big following or like, you know, I want these many followers. So I think that's another yeah. reason why too. Well, people think that they're going to get publicity. And then one thing I tell most athletes now is the days of you being popular because of making the games don't exist yeah you need to make a name for yourself you need to do something that makes people want to go to you just because you qualify like i I used to tell people all the time i'm like give me tell me 10 people that qualified for the games in this year and they'll just throw out popular names and i'm like four of them made it you don't even know people don't make it every year (laughs) yeah you just know that person as a games athlete or sometimes they're team athletes but they say but people think they're game so there's just like it's really if you have if you're appealing if you've got a niche, if you've got, then yes. But you don't need to be an athlete mm-hmm. to to be popular. Yeah. So true. So so speaking about COVID, um, you you do you you still own a gym right now? So how was that like managing a gym and like and COVID restrictions? Well, I own two gyms. Oh, two gyms. So, okay. Yeah. So um, it was 
really it was obviously tough yeah um changing a lot of things what i kind of realized was there were um there were a lot of expectations i had set. i was always at the gym i was always training i was always helping i never charged for extra stuff i just helped and when COVID happened and we got some things i kind of realized i needed to step back from the gyms because uh my coaches that i had weren't getting the same respect that i was getting Mm -hmm. um people really expected me to do a lot of things that i didn't have to do i just chose to do um so covid actually i was kind of trying to step away a little bit from the gyms and covid allowed me to do that a lot faster so i really set systems in place to allow the other coach to have the responsibility coaching our coaches revamping the whole entire facility um so it's it everything's completely different it, it runs like a tight ship now whereas before it was very much this awesome cool um come in whenever you want do whatever you want you know get fit hang out um place yeah which turned into certain people being really comfortable around me and other people you know not feeling like they had a voice that they could speak up that anybody certain people could walk up to me whenever they wanted and other people felt like they didn't get as much of me mm-hmm. so it became a lot of like dang this is a lot about like how how i am when i'm in the gym and and uh you know i guess i don't look at people thinking of me as like somebody they want to be around or like oh that's nick like i'm just like i'm just nick so i i walk around like that i'm just like hey guys and i guess that it, other people look at me differently than how i think they do mm-hmm. i guess i don't know if that makes sense no it does no it, absolutely yeah i mean it's I mean, I to be honest with you, like I'd be intimidated too. I mean, I'm walking to your gym and then like here's a you know a CrossFit Games athlete and you're like, holy crap! Like you know, you kind of like I I would feel a little timid in the beginning, but you know maybe some maybe some people are just kind of like like to hang out in the back and they're all of a sudden just like kind of open up a little bit later. But I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it everyone's different. Yeah, exactly. And I don't publicize that I'm a games athlete. Most people came up to me months later and they're like, I didn't know you were that guy. You know, like, <laughs> what do you, what do you mean that guy? <laughs> yeah, they just because I get all the time. People would tell me, "Why don't you? Why don't you tell people?" And I'm like, "Because it doesn't matter." Yeah, like we're a gym. You know, like this is a place for you to get better. It's not for me to tell you how good I am. Yeah, or like <laughs> what I do. Like, yeah, I'm a gym owner. Mm-hmm. It's mainly just for like get the general population in. It's not like uh, you know, hey, I need, I want games athletes in here. It's I. I, I know a lot of gyms that are like, listen, I don't want the high profile people in here. I just want like, you know, the mom and pops that are just doing their nine to five and working. So, cause like, you know, it's sometimes it's not even worth having those type of athletes in there. Yeah, I could see there's, yeah, there's a lot of, it can be viewed a lot of different ways. Yeah, definitely. So, you uh, be able to manage that. yeah. So do you, so you have a, a program that you use called the Zeus method. So what, can you just tell like a, like a general like description of like what it is and you know, how people can use it? Yeah. Zeus method is a program I started geez, years ago. I, I, uh, I followed a bunch of other programs. I shouldn't say I followed a bunch of other programs. I was always trying to find like kind of what worked and, um, there were certain things that came natural to me and obviously with my education and learning and trying to figure out as much as I could about, you know, all these different backgrounds of different sports, playing sports my whole life, and mm-hmm. getting into endurance sports and obviously with CrossFit. And, um, I had some great strength coaches when I was growing up, uh, through, through college and whatnot. And then there was one day where I was like, man, this stuff's all like cookie cutter and nobody's really, they're just trying to like sell something. So I realized like, man, I, 
I know that I can get people really, really strong Mm -hmm. and I know that I can maintain their fitness and I know I can. So I basically started Zeus about five years ago where it was just like, Hey, I'm going to get you really strong and you can figure out and, and, and use your gym, do whatever you want. And I'm going to just show you that you can get really strong while maintaining your fitness Mm -hmm. and increasing like everything else. And that's how it started. And then eventually people were like, Hey, like, this is awesome. But like my gym's programming, I feel like isn't, I need, I need something different. So then I just started adding in more. And, and as I started doing that, people were like, Holy cow. Like, I can't believe all this stuff. And it wasn't very big. I was just literally doing it like, Hey, I didn't publicize it. I didn't market it. Yeah. It just, and it just kind of started growing. And now it's basically set up to where, you know, if you're a, if you want to be a competitor, we have a program called premium, which is basically competitive programming. Um, and then we've got a master's program for anybody over 35. That's the same thing, competitive programming. And then we have this, uh, our base program, which is called Zeus. And what I realized is a lot of people are constantly scrolling for workouts and like what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they, when you do that, it, there's no real plan designed inside of it. You're just like, Oh, and you try to find like my legs are destroyed. Let me find an arm workout or, mm-hmm. you know, so I created Zeus, which is five programs in one. And what it does is each program, like, rides on a linear progression slash just it's developing on itself but you just choose one or two of those programs that you might want to follow and then you can pick and choose what you want to do what you need to do and what you have time to do Mm -hmm. so it literally is from bodybuilding powerlifting olympic lifting gymnastics metcons aerobic capacity um you know all that stuff is inside of it so there's about eight or nine different options every day that you can choose from that each program builds on itself cool very cool yeah, so how, how's that going? Is you getting like a lot of people subscribing to it or have like a membership plan? Yep, yeah. So we have got, yeah, it's 25 bucks for the base program. It's $35 for all of our premium and master stuff. And we've I've got a high-intensity bodybuilding ebook uh, that we and an ab ebook uh, just for like workouts. I, I created this called 610 Abs. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's 6-minute, 10-minute, 10-second ab rep for abs. So it's like 6-minute abs wasn't long enough. You need to add 10 seconds. Uh, so, but there's a lot of ebooks that are coming out. Yeah, the programs, we've got a lot of people on it. We're, um, I'm constantly trying to get better at what we're doing. We're actually launching a uh, nutrition app tomorrow. Oh, cool. So, yeah. So I was, I'm not sure who listens who listens to this or if it, if it is a lot of CrossFitters or. It, it does. On here, but I would, I would give you, uh, I was going to give you guys an offer if you wanted it. I'll. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll, put it on there. Yeah, we'll get we'll get we'll, we'll talk about that later. So yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I picked a good time to interview you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. So the nutrition stuff people have a lot of questions about. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I always, especially me being a diabetic, because I got diagnosed at thirty five. So it's kind of like I was a late onset of diabetes. But like I'm always, I always get questions all the time about nutrition and stuff like that. And I'm and to me, I'm like tell them I'm like, listen, I'm still working on it too. So, I mean, yeah, especially like, always. yeah, and, and it's, and it's especially harder for being a diabetic because if I eat one thing, like, and then the next day I eat the same thing, I'll just like either spike my blood sugar or, you know, it's just like a, mm-hmm. it's a 24 hour, you know, seven days a week, like concentrating and like figuring out what the hell I need to do. So yep. that damn roller coaster. So, <laughs> yep. Have you, have you ever had, dealt with anybody with diabetes at all or? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I think there's more and more nowadays too. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of times you don't even, they don't, it's not something I think that you, 
you come out and just say like, Hey, I'm diabetic. It's one of those things where over time you kind of find out, like you see him doing something or they're maybe checking something. You're like, Hey, and they're like, Oh yeah. You know, like I try, I keep it under control. It's not really that bad. Or you're like, wow. Like it's kind of a common, it's, I think it's more common now. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely a lot of people. Um, and I think there's a lot more education around it as well. Probably. I mean, obviously you would know. So a lot of it really just comes around with staying healthy and knowing knowing what to eat when, what's going on, like how you, you know, what if this happens, what do you, do you have, are you prepared? I mean, there's just, there's so much tracking. I'm like, man, if people just track the same stuff they do, like when they're, like, <laughs> yeah. or, and, and the thing is, I know a lot of people who are diabetic who just, they do the old school way where you're like, man, you understand, like, there's some better ways that you could be, yeah, you know, taking care of yourself. But some of that stuff can be like really, really expensive. So that's the problem. So, oh. Exactly. Yeah. There's, I mean, that, that there's so much stuff. I know a guy that has his whole freezer's full of Reese's. <laughs> prepared. Yeah. Just prepared. Yeah, mine Sour Patch Kids and uh and like ice like and cake icing. So I literally just have like a pouch of like ice cream, like cake icing, just right in my car just and just to go. yeah, just slam it in there before I work out if I need to or just like yeah. or anything else. It's crazy. So um. Yeah. So, so do you have any like diabetics in your gym at all? Or do you like, how do you like watch out for them? Like during training? Um, I would say most of anybody that is a, I would say like more high risk is not like a general member. Yeah. Um, most of the time we get a lot more overweight, you know, kind of out of shape and they're just like, I need to, I need to change something. Um, and we'll have them work with, we've got, a uh, dietitian and, uh, uh, nurse practitioner who deals with most of those and they'll, she'll work with, um, developing a plan and, and working through that stuff, trying to wean them off of medications. Cause a lot of times they're in a lot of medications. Yeah. Too. It's not just that they're, so we do a lot with, with, um, individuals like that. Um, most of the time the general public doesn't just come in when, and they have, diabetes necessarily we'll get some extreme cases more so Mm -hmm. okay uh, where we work one-on-one yeah very cool and you have you do you have like adaptive athletes or anything like that or like what's what's the general people that do come into your gyms yeah pretty much um yeah i would say we we do have some adaptive athletes actually there's a dwarf that we have uh a little person he is uh mikey online probably people have seen him he uh he started with me and I remember his dad didn't know if he could do it. And he was a wrestler and, uh, you know, he's always like, God, I can't hold stuff cause of my hands. I don't think this will work for me. So I just made him work his grip strength to where he can do legless rope climbs. Now he can do all these things where he was like, I didn't think I could do it. He could barely hold a kettlebell Wow. because his hands are so small. And yeah. now, um, so like he's, he's one of those where now he's a big advocate. Um, we definitely have, I would say we're very, typical crossfit gym mm-hmm. um not a ton of adaptive athletes and when you get one then you normally get a couple yeah so we've got um we really do a good job i think of being able to work with anybody um but it's a matter of really number one you gotta be comfortable to come in the door yeah uh so it's more comfortable when a friend's in there <laughs> yep uh, so we've had a, we've had a few little people um and uh that's always fun to figure out scaling options of how to do movements that like like a handstand push-up. They can't do. They're all, yeah. like, yeah, his hand goes to here. Yeah. So he, so we have to actually raise up where his, um, how do we do it? Do you use parallel? Do you use parallel? 
Well, we'll go just like plates to start. Oh, okay. He yeah. Has to go down. So like in the open, we had to submit like it was years ago when they made the standard. We're like, this doesn't work. The standard doesn't work. So we've already, where this year they made, and it was a lot because of him, they made a little person division, like a, a shorter stature yeah. division this year. Okay. Very cool. So we'll, we're interested to see how that is. So like wall balls and stuff, he can't throw to a 10-foot target. Yeah. He just can't physically get that get it that high. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's it's it's been really interesting. Like I've, we taught him a lot of scaling stuff. So he's competed at Wadapalooza and some oh, other cool. places. And they've contacted me like, what do we do? How do we do this? And I'm like, hey, here, this, this is how you can simulate that. And so they've had it. They've tweaked a lot of things for him. So it's been really cool. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, you're kind of like a big helper for him. Just like just spreading, kind of like almost helping him spread the word too. Yeah, he. I mean, he's doing an awesome job himself. So he's, yeah, he's killing it. Awesome. So obviously you have like all these programs out and you own two gyms and you're training for, you know, the like you're training. So how do you like handle like your time constraints, even having a family too? Like how do you balance like all these things into like you know being able to kind of do all of it oh man i'll try to keep you short answer There's a lot <laughs> of um, um i would say first off i don't um i don't like i know you did this um i don't like when people tell me i'm busy yeah um because i feel like they're giving me an excuse yeah to like Oh, I don't even know. I don't, I don't really know, but I don't like it. So I don't like using the word busy because it's just a choice. Okay. Right? I'm just yeah, choosing true. what to do yeah. at the time. So I chose to have two kids, to be married, to own two brick and mortar businesses, to have another business that has multiple different streams, to work with all these different companies and people. And, and what I kind of do is every single day I write down my goals mm-hmm. every day as soon as I wake up. And it's not like a goal of, hey, um, you know, generic. It's literally like I pretend like I'm sitting as myself in five or ten years. And I write down as if I've already completed them. And after I write them down, it motivates me to be like, well, dang, like that means that today I have to do X to get me closer to that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I make them really big. I make them like where I look at them and it scares me because like a, a question I tell somebody like if you were thinking about money and how I create these because this is really what what does it what does it is like if if I said to you let's just make up numbers if you're like man my goal in five years is to make you know two hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars like within five years and then I'd say like okay think about in your head what you'd have to do to do that and you could come up with like different things then you're like oh I don't really know about that I don't know how this would work and then if I said to you now. Now multiply it by ten. What would you have to do? You'd go. Well, that's a lot different. Yeah. Two point five million. I'd have. And what what you realize though is you have to do different things. You can't do the same thing to have the two hundred fifty thousand dollars income as you would have the two point five million. Mm-hmm. So when you create, we we create goals we think we can hit. So when we fail, we actually feel like failures because it wasn't even that hard. Yeah. Yeah. But if you create these crazy outrageous goals, like you have to do crazy outrageous things to reach them. Mm -hmm. And you get so much farther. And when you fail, you fail so much farther ahead that like that's the biggest thing is for me when it's like I see what I want to do, like the father I want to be, the husband I want to be, you know, the the business person, the athlete, all these different things. And it's like, man, I got to do X, Y, Z. I got to get people around me. I have to 
instead of asking how to do stuff, I need to find out who can help me. Yeah. I, you know, there's a lot of different things. So for me, it's very, very simple to know, like today I need to focus on this. Mm-hmm. You know, tomorrow I need to focus on this. I need to figure out how to get three hours worth of training time in 75 minutes because I got to pick up my kids in an hour and 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it's very much like it's, it's not necessarily prioritizing, but a lot of times we all say we want something, but it's just a wish. Yeah. When I want something, I go after it. When I want something, I do. I'll, I'll say like, oh, I wish I could just do that, but I realize like, no, I don't do it. I, I don't like excuses. I don't give excuses. I'm, I'm not. I'm not busy. I'm just. I'm just choosing what to do with my time, and and the fact that I get to choose what to do with my time is my win. Yeah. So everything I do is by choice. Yeah. So it's it's almost like having people say entrepreneur on their their title page on like Instagram. It's like really like. Yeah. I, I first of all I hate that word so and it's like you know you're really not like what you what you're trying to do like a pyramid scheme like deal like what, what like what are you doing you're not you're not an entrepreneur just 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 stop it just take it off so it's like the Gary V yeah. effect so yeah I look at I look at like what I do as more of I just create yeah like if I think there's value I just I just create something I'm like ah so it's I look at people, it's almost like we live in two different worlds. We have this world of like, oh, I can't do that. I can't do this. Like, how do you, I don't, ah, there's no way. And then there's other people who are like, that's all. I, I don't know how there's no way. Yeah. Like, uh, it, it's simple. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, everything is very, very simple. We just, we just look through a very, very small hole a lot of times and we don't see all this opportunity. So I'm, I'm busy because I just can't stop. Yeah. Like it's not work. It's not like my wife sometimes will be like, okay, you know, and I'll do the same to her because she's the same way. Yeah. Like we just get caught up in what we're doing. So, you know, I always tell everybody, I'm like, I, I think we all have addictive personalities in this, you know, I definitely do. And I've always, I feel like five years is a great time frame for me because you, your life changes so much Yeah. that to say forever or, you know, in 40 years, it's like, no, like in five years, I'm going to be living a completely different life. And that excites me. Mm hmm. Like, what is my life? You know, I always was like, man, when I'm done competing, what's next? Like, what am I going to do? Yeah. And then it's like, after that thing, what am I going to do? I'm like, I get to live like 40 lives during this life. I like thinking of it that way. Then thinking of it like, well, I've made my choice. And I, I joke with people and say like, an 18-year-old me who went to college, I can't look back and be like, well, that kid made all these decisions for now. This is why I sit in this desk job and do this thing because that 18-year-old kid told me to. It's like, no, I'm, I'm me and I can change my mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> awesome. So um, we we're, getting, we're getting close to the end. So um, obviously you're talking about goals. So one of the questions is do you have a goal for like, you know, personal, like business-wise with your gyms like coming up this year? I have lots. Yeah. Um, I have lots. Uh, I I wouldn't say as like coming up this year. I don't I don't like to put a time frame on anything. Yeah. Like I I like to look at my goals every day and like at the beginning of the year is a great time to like you know check where are you at. Mm-hmm. Um. So because I change mine all the time. So I would say for me like I I want to have I'd love to have ten thousand people on my programming and you know, sell over 10,000 books, um, purely because that's a, a ton of people that I get to help. Yeah. And you know, when you're, when you're on the programming, like people are surprised that I still email message, talk to everybody, review videos. You know, I, I take care of every single person I possibly can. And I know one day I won't be able to mm-hmm. the way that I can. 
so it's setting up that infrastructure to be able to have people that can do it just as good as I can. Um, or at least, you know, I, I don't want to say like I do it really well, but I try. Yeah. Do the best you can. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, cool. Very cool. So do you, do you have a book that you like always recommend to people? Like it it could be like any type of book at all. Are are you a big reader? First of all? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, uh, I listen. Yeah. I listen to books. Okay. Yep. Uh, all the time, all the time. Like I'm, I, yeah, all the time. Um, I would say if you're, Ooh, man, that's such a good question. Um, so for a lot of people, I think financial literacy is a big, is a big problem, Mm -hmm. especially for us Americans and, and with COVID and with the pandemic, that says a lot. So I think increases, increasing people's financial literacy and how they think about money, uh, is a really, is a big, a a big topic for me that I talk about a lot. Mm -hmm. And I would say in that realm, a book, uh, rich dad, poor dad is a great one. I recommend to people. Um, uh, let me see if I see any talk. Cause I, I, sometimes I'm like going, there's some really deep stuff. Yeah. I just, Um, I just picked up a book. It's called, um, something declutter dominate. It's like a 35 page book and it helps you kind of like work on, you know, not like just decluttering all like the extra stuff that you need to do and actually do the stuff that you're really supposed to do. I, I'll, I'll send you a picture of it. It's oh. yeah. Dude, there's it, the, I'm going to say his name wrong, but the Pareti rule, the 80, 20 rule. Yep. You know, yeah. Yeah. Rule. So that's, it. it's the same thing. Like if you, everything to shorten it, like a hundred percent of what you do, only 20% of it gives you results. Mm-hmm. So it's finding that 20% and making that a hundred percent. And then inside of that hundred percent, you can find the 20% that gets the results and you just keep breaking it down. So it's, you know, uh, Tim Ferriss says it. he's like, you know, I spend the first half of my day trying to find the one domino that will knock everything over. Yeah. Like that, that's the secret. The secret isn't to do a hundred things. It's, it's like training the whole, for me, when I program and when I try to get people better, it's the, it's the trans like for me it's transfer of movement what can i have you do one thing that can transfer over to a hundred things like it's like it's like for for the day finding the one thing that will make a hundred things better yeah right like it might just be a mindset thing yeah um so for me a lot of it comes down to that like a lot of the stuff i read is mindset just like just trying to improve um yourself and not like the motivational stuff but like the real tangible stuff um but I would say like, yeah, rich dad, poor dad is a great, a great read, um, for financial literacy, um, breaking the habit of being yourself. Uh, there's man, there's so much, (laughs) I'm literally like scrolling through books right now. I mean the seven habits of highly effective people. Yeah. That's a good one too. Yeah. Um, think and grow rich. Yep. I was just going to say that one too. Yeah. Uh, you'll get a lot of people that will tell you, like, do you know who Na- Napoleon Hill was a scammer? I'm like, guys, the book was good. Yeah, like, I don't, I, I, like, I'm not, I don't care about his personal life. All I care about is, like, his book, his readings, so. Somebody, yeah, people will tell me all the time about, uh, about different things. But, yeah, so, um, for me, it's about, it's, it's, it's just about education. It's about growth. Mm-hmm. It's about, um, not staying inside of our own little box and getting out and learning from others and, and growing. So for me, that's where I spend a lot of my time is is trying to open up my my thinking. 
Very cool. Very cool. And then, um, so the last one is, I mean, since you have all this CrossFit experience and, and also the grid leagues experience, I forgot to talk about that, but, uh, <laughs> all, all, all grid, all grid league, right? That was fun. That was fun. Yeah, that was yeah. Fun. I watched it actually before before I asked the last question. I saw a video of you, and like I think you were a part of the my was it the Miami team? You were Miami Surge. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so I watched a video of like the Gridley talking about like how like you guys lived in a house of like ten people in one house, and like how how crazy was that? It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It was crazy because it was just like. You don't know any of these people. Yeah. You're just like, I remember it, me, it was me, Alex Anderson, and Jacob Anderson stayed in a, it was the laundry room, like where they had the washer and dryer, and, and they took out the washer and dryer, and we put a bunk, bunk bed in a floor <laughs> bed, and there's just bunk beds in a floor bed, and then their brother, uh, ZA, came, uh, Zach Anderson, and he stayed in there with us, and it was just the four of us in this laundry room that was literally like four by ten feet. Oh my God. <laughs> so we would just we would just lay down and talk. Yeah, I, and especially ZA ZA is a big guy too. He's like he's like over yeah, six two yeah, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah, he's like six two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're all big kids. I mean, even though it's like, yeah, you know, Jacob's shorter. He's only like five eight, but uh, that was a lot of fun though. Like it was nice that you got to really build some relationships there. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I I was watching the video like you guys jumping in the pool and like just like hanging out and chilling out. I'm like, God, that make. Like that'd be cool in my bachelor days. Like you know, I I was like I I really think I'm 41, so I'm like I really like I really should just like go back even further, just to like be back in my 30s and like just see what happens. So, <laughs> but, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I granted my 20s were bananas, so I really can't, I really can't complain. So, but uh, <laughs> so um, what with your CrossFit experience out, what would you? tell somebody like what to expect to try to get into be like a CrossFit athlete or just try to get in the CrossFit space as an athlete yeah yeah we'll say as an athlete yeah um details um the details matter so much um so much (laughs) yeah uh not just not just like like technically like People are always like, oh, get a good coach. If you're starting, you don't know what a good coach is. Yeah. So the problem I think a lot of people have is they think that their coach is a good coach. And that's not to say that they're not. But you don't know what good is until you've had bad. And you don't know what bad is until you've had, like, really good. Mm-hmm. So it's if you're starting out and you know that you want to do that, you need to go and, and talk to a lot of people, um, find out who has been with who and how fast they improved and got better and how close somebody will be able to work with you because you're not going to do it alone. Um, and if you do it alone, it's just going to take you a lot longer. Yeah. Um, totally agree. So I think a lot, and, and when you have somebody else, it's the details. I mean, like literally Scott Tetlow, he's one of my athletes and he came up for like three days and he squats the same way every movement. And I'm like, you, I'm like, you're just comfortable there, but you don't even know if that's your strongest position. So we changed some of his, like, he, we changed his back squat and he was like, it's totally different. And I'm like, but you've never tried. Yeah. You've never tried. Mm -hmm. He's like, this isn't unbelievable. I'm so much stronger in this position. And I'm like, yeah, because if you just think you're okay, you never, you always, every, every rep counts. Every, if I do 400 air squats, 
all 400 of those are data. Mm-hmm. It's data. Yeah. I get to adjust, trend, like feel, it's that body awareness. So the details allow for that body awareness, and that's so key. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah, awesome. Well, I know we you talked earlier about your nutrition program and the and the discount code. What what's so for my listeners? What's the uh, discount code you were gonna use? Well, so we'll have. Um, I can actually give you a link. Okay. If you want, that's fine. Yeah. Pop it in your click on it, so they can you can actually get the deal we're doing is if you buy the the Zeus High Intensity Bodybuilding ebook, you'll get my abs ebook for free, and you'll get access to the the nutrition first month included okay very cool so you get you'll get the the link for one month on the nutrition app which is basically the nutrition app runs it's a it's only 15 dollars a month mm-hmm. we're gonna start with and it's daily information where there's also access to a coach so you can ask questions oh cool there. very cool yeah um, but it's more of a developmental thing more of creating a lifestyle over them like here's here's 50 things you got to do for the next 30 days it's like no every day you'll get a new thing That'll help educate you and teach you, and any type of person can come on. Whether you're vegan or, you know, if you're just, you know, you want to be paleo or you're doing a whole thirty, whatever it is that you're doing, you can come on, um, and we can be able to help you inside of it. Awesome, very cool. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So, um, I just want to say thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk to you and just talk about you and your games experience and the Zeus method and like you know being a dad too, which is really important to me as well. So, um, yeah, and I. Like I said, thank you very much for doing this. Yeah, dude. Hey, no problem. I appreciate you having me on, and it was fun just to get to chat. All right, awesome. Have a good one.